0: You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at thepreppypodcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson, on Instagram. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. I'm thrilled you're here today. Today, I am interviewing my friend, Sue, from The Juj. If you've been following home decor and interior design blogs for a while, you probably know of Sue. Um, Her home has been featured in some publications, and she is like an OG blogger, as I like to say. So it was really fun to talk to her um, all about blogging and how it's changed over the years but also her new art business Uh, she loves color and blue and white and um, a classic design with a little bit of a twist so I really enjoy talking with her and I think you will as well I just wanted to remind you guys that you can go to thepreppypodcast.com and shop merch Uh, there's sweatshirts there's tote bags and lots of fun things they make a great holiday gift Um, and And I'm just so excited to hear. So let's get into this week's episode. All right. So, why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Great. Um,
1: My name is Sue DeKiara, and I live in Fairfield County in New Canaan, Connecticut. And I am many things, but primarily right now for this purpose, I'm an interior, home design, and fashion and style OG blogger. And over the past few years, I've also delved into becoming an artist and I'm an abstract
0: artist. It's been so fun watching you over the years. I feel like you're one of like the first follows that I followed on Instagram, like way back when, and even your blog, I used to read, you know, way back when, um, cause I just love your style. And I had the pleasure of meeting you, um, I guess almost a year ago, a few months ago, uh, in person, which is, was so nice, so uh, nice. I used to put you know, a face with a name or an Instagram handle nice. or blog handle. <laughs> I know. That's
1: always so nice when you get to meet in person.
0: Yeah. So I always like to start at the beginning. So tell me a little bit about you as a child. Like, where did you grow up? Were you someone that was creative or maybe interested in like interior design in little ways, even when you were little? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I grew up pretty much in this area on the other side of the Hudson River in Rockland County. So I've always sort of been in the tri-state New York area my entire life. Um, and my family on my dad's side, they're all artists. My brother, my uncles, cousins, my father was an artist, my grandmother was an artist, Um, so grew up in a very creative household, and I just sort of didn't realize it, because that's all you know as a kid is what you know, so it's only looking back that I realized that's not the norm for most people. So I definitely grew up with a huge creative influence in my life, And I was always doing some kind of drawing or painting or a little art project. Um, And then in college, I actually was an English major and a fine arts minor. And little did I know, because the internet didn't really exist at that time, but that's actually the perfect way to prepare to become a blogger.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, and I think that's amazing then that you come from a family of artists and now totally makes sense, uh, that you're doing more art these days. Um, so once you graduated with that degree, what was your first career? What did you do with it? Then it it goes left.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Back then, um, I didn't really think about pursuing a career, um, with art. Um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So almost as a default, I just sort of was like, well, I like being a student. I like going to school. I feel safe in this academic bubble. And I went to law school.
0: Oh, my um, gosh. I did not see that coming. Yeah.
1: And then, <laughs> well, once I got my Juris Doctorate degree, I was like, well, I should probably take the bar I spent all this money on this degree and all this time. So I took the bar. And then once I passed the bar and I had the degree, I was like, well, now I should probably practice law. Um, But it was never really a love for practicing law. Like I said, it was just sort of, you know, I don't know what else to do with myself type of thing. So I I ended up practicing real estate law in New York City for almost a decade. It was about like eight and a half years that I practiced law Mm -hmm. and I really did not enjoy it. I mean, it was very dry. It was not for me. And those were not happy years Um, career-wise. But personally, they were happy years because I I met my husband during that time. And we were living in the city. And it was great. And then I had my first child. And right around the time she turned one, um, we moved up to Westchester. And then I was no longer practicing. I was a full-time mom. And that was my jam. And that was what I was doing.
0: I love that. I had no idea you were a lawyer. That's so funny. Um, but at least you were practicing it's real estate law, right. so somewhat – I mean, I know it's not interior design, but it's funny how um, I feel like things weave together eventually. Yeah, I
1: mean, I guess it was connected to people's homes just in mm-hmm. a very <laughs> uncreative way, <laughs> but
0: for sure. Definitely. So, okay. So you have your first kid, you're um, living in Connecticut then. So then what um, led to starting your blog? Because like you said, you were one of the OG bloggers. I feel like you started now. Now everyone's sort of an influencer blogger, but back then it was like everyone actually had real blogs and would write. So tell me about the decision to to start writing a blog.
1: Yeah. um, So I was... Fixing up my home in Westchester, really, you know, didn't know what I was doing. I had a a few ideas because we had an apartment in the city and I had experimented with a few things there, but an entire home just seemed so daunting. And right around the same time, we had bought a small ski condo in Vermont and that was really dated. It was very 80s and we needed to fix that up as well. So I had sort of just started looking for inspiration, design inspiration, obviously in magazines, that was, you know, my go-to, but the magazines were having problems and they started folding and I was having a harder and harder time getting hold of inspiring ideas for magazines. One of my girlfriends told me about um, a designer that she thought I would like. She had been to her friend's house. They used this designer. She told me to Google him, look it up. And I googled the designer and up popped a bunch of design blogs. This was around 2008, 2009. And I was like, what is happening here? This is so cool. People are just sharing their homes, they're sharing ideas, they're sharing their passions. And I was like, I need in, I want to do this. And it was truly just to sort of participate in the conversation. And as a way for me to collect images, Pinterest didn't exist. And I always say if Pinterest existed at this time, I probably wouldn't have started a blog because it was just like a cool way for me to sort of like round up everything that was inspiring me and also talk about and show what I was doing to this community. So it was, you got like a great back and forth. And that's really how I started the blog.
0: That is so interesting. And that's funny to look back and think, you know, you probably would have gone to Pinterest back then in those days, or maybe even Instagram now, right. like a lot of influencers, you know, that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah, so
1: inspiration on Instagram. And it's also, i left out that we got a ski condo, but I don't ski. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't so you go. were going to hang out in the condo <laughs> <lot>. That's
1: exactly <laughs> right. So that's really where it was born. On the weekends, my kids would be in ski camp. My husband would be off skiing with friends and I would be huddled up in our condominium trying to figure out a way how to make it look pretty. And I was on my laptop and that's pretty much, you know, all that time on my hands.
0: Yep. Um, That makes total sense. So tell me a little bit about the blog in those early days, because I love, I've had a few like OG bloggers on here and it's so fun to look back. Like I remember those days. Um, but I feel like some of the younger people might not, but back then it was kind of more like a journal, right? And the, the pictures weren't as glossy as they are now. Um, so tell me about what your blog looked like then and kind of the evolution of growing your blog. Right. Yeah.
1: I really, I always say like, I didn't know what I was doing and it was like cringy and embarrassing. Like if you really <laughs> want to like go back to 2009 and see what I was all about. It's a mess. Um I didn't even know how to cut and paste. My brother had to show me like how to put an image on a blog, how to use blogger, how to cut and paste, like the most basic things. So, you know, it was like, I learned how to use the internet and how to, you know, eventually do all the apps just by, you know, through the years and coming up with them. But um, yeah, it wasn't glossy. It wasn't that beautiful, but it was just, it was just, it wasn't monetized and nobody, I I mean, maybe a few people were monetized, but the bulk of the people I was talking to and commenting with, we were just super into it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: It is funny because yeah, back then you would comment on people's blogs, like you would create a blogger account right. um, and that's how you found new blogs right. and that's how you supported your friends. Right. And um, it was like sort of the first social media, um, yes. I feel like in some respect. And with that, I feel like people honestly were a little bit kinder than they, they were. are on Instagram and Twitter these days. Yeah. Um, but okay, so you have the blog and you know we're creating these relationships and finding new Bloggers, um, tell me about growing it like into more of a business and um, what that looked like. Because obviously, then eventually, you know, you you do get social media accounts to go along with it, um, and some of the opportunities that have come through, you know, the blog.
1: Yeah, I had so many fun things happen. Um, you know, I was meeting people, like minded people. Right here in my area, we would reach out to each other. We would meet up. At one point, Nate Berkus had a TV show. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, it was brand new, and we all got invited to sit in the audience. So we all got to meet up, and you know, and I'm sure just being like an hour outside of New York City didn't hurt because mm-hmm. a lot of the big magazines are there. You know, Nate's show was being filmed there, and so it just made it easy for you know brands and magazines and networks and so forth to reach out to local bloggers. So that was so much fun. And I still am great friends with a lot of the people that I met in those early days. And then from there, um, my home at the time in Westchester got featured in HGTV's premiere yeah. new issue magazine. And, you know, like so many fun things sort of came out of that um, family um, I always say Family Circle. I don't know if that's the name of the magazine. That's a comic.
0: But um, there was. No, Family Circle is the publication. It yeah. is. Okay.
1: I always get that. Oh, oh it's yeah. Family Circus, that I always get it wrong. Uh, <laughs> Either way, I don't think Family Circle is still around. Um, many of these magazines might not still be around. But at the time, they had published My Home, like there was a story on, you know, like, organizing your home with three kids and we had our playroom and our pantry and so forth. And so that really helped to grow my blog. Um, I had a lot of great press.
0: Definitely. Um, Okay. Now for those listening, then who aren't familiar with your blog and your social media today, tell me about what they can find there today and how it's changed. Or now you're posting a lot, I know, on Instagram and you're you're doing reels and sharing tips and things. So what does it look like today for you, um, your, your influencing and blogging?
1: It's, it's pretty different. I mean, instead of like you had mentioned, it was like a journal at the time. So I would be like, oh, we went up to Vermont for the weekend. And, you know, here's what my bedroom looks like. And here's, you know, what we're thinking about doing for our kitchen counters, we want to change them. So it's not that journalistic um, entry anymore. And it's much more geared now towards SEO, which is um, search engine optimization. So through the years, um, blogging sort of took like a second tier compared to Instagram and Pinterest and so forth and TikTok. Um So if you want to get traffic now, you have to think in terms of what people are searching for mm-hmm. online as far as fixing up their own homes. Yeah. So you're going to see more posts, um, that are answering a question someone might have when they come to Google. And it's still my voice and it's still my home and I'm still sharing ideas, but I have pivoted as to how I go about showcasing that.
0: Yeah. Now, how did you learn that? I feel like everyone talks about SEO and to some some people it's like, this big scary word. Like, did you teach yourself that? Were you someone? Um, do you hire out for that, or is it something like you went to a conference? How did you make that transition and know to or learn oh, to?
1: Sort of all of the above, what you just mentioned. Yeah. So, you know, I would. I was going to these conferences and I was listening to podcasts about blogging, and everyone was saying I needed to get off a of vlogger because it was like really, you weren't going to be taken seriously. Um, unless you got into WordPress. And the whole thing intimidated me so much. But when I finally was like, okay, I'm going to go to WordPress. This is probably like many, many, many years later. And I got on board very late, Um, like probably 2018, 2019. I finally was like, okay, I'm going to learn this. So... I went over to WordPress, and when I did that, I was looking around for someone that could help me figure out SEO. And what I really wanted was someone to do it for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, But the woman that I found was very much of the mindset of like, if you can teach a man how to fish. So she said it would be much better for me to to learn how to do this on my own. And she sort of forced me how to learn how to do it. And I'm so glad she did. So once you get into really understanding what Google's looking for, and I don't mean to be an expert by any sense of it. I'm just coming from like zero knowledge to having a general overview. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's working for me. I can see that I am getting traffic, but I'm certainly not an
0: expert. Um, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: And then just like reading up on it here and there, listening to podcasts and... In a few forums on Facebook with other bloggers, that's always so helpful too.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's always helpful to bounce things off of other people and in your industry. Right. Um, So I'm curious then, like, what's your most popular or successful post, like on your blog and then social media?
1: Um, My kitchen always seems to get a lot of um, love on social media and my blog. I had um, one reel actually, or one or two reels went viral. Um, It's kind of funny, like what I regret doing in my kitchen. Oh. So everyone wants to know like what's the big regret. Mm -hmm. Um, And posts on paint colors are always popular. And that makes so much sense to me because – I'm so image-driven. I like to see things. I'm a very visual person. So if I'm thinking about painting my walls, which is such a big commitment, it's not enough for me to just go get the samples. I want to see it in other people's homes. I want to see it in a bathroom. I want to see what it looks like in a bathroom. I want to see it, you know, like I'm trying to visualize it as close as I can Uh what I want. Or maybe even before I even go get the samples, I want to look at a bunch of pretty rooms with this paint color in it. So I know those are the samples I'm gonna go look for.
0: Yep. That makes total sense. It's funny that um, you know, the what you wish you had changed in your kitchen is a popular one. I feel like people are always looking for um mistakes right. or it kind of brings out the human part of social media exactly. in that post then, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um so for someone listening who might not follow you or know of you. How would you describe your style when it comes to your design? Like what would you describe it as?
1: It's definitely rooted in traditional design. I definitely lean towards traditional. Um, It's been so overused, but it really is traditional with a twist. I like to throw in maybe a modern chandelier in a more traditional room. I love how modern art looks in a traditional room, like the contrast of the two. So I always like – I guess there's a little bit of an eclectic thing going on where I like to mix up different time periods. I don't like to see just one time period in a room. To me, that looks too – I don't know, too predictable, too mm-hmm. too bland.
0: Yeah. Almost like a, a museum capsule or something. Right, right. Like a time capsule, right. Yes, uh so speaking of art then tell me about your art business and how you you know got into it
1: so i was like i said i was always interested in art i was always just doing something and i had done all different types of art through the years but i have never i had never really done abstract art and this was something that always would catch my eye i love abstract paintings I was looking at them online. I was looking at them in person. Like, I want to figure out how to do this. So, in about, I think it was 2017, 2018, I started taking art classes. Um, Here in New Canaan, we have an amazing art school. It's this huge art facility, Silvermine. And um, I just picked an abstract for, you know, abstract art for beginners type of class. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And I had this wonderful, wonderful teacher and we just connected like I just got what she was saying and she would give these prompts. And, you know, at first it was nothing to write home about, but over time I was so committed to the idea of trying to learn how to do this that um, I was definitely improving. And then I fell into a groove and then I started really finding my style and I just loved it and it just took off from there.
0: That's so cool. You, like, kind of inspired me now. I'm like, I should go check out my um, local community center with classes or art center and see uh, if they have something similar. Absolutely. I I mean, even if –
1: it's just such a great way to, like, I think unwind or Mm -hmm. decompress because when you're trying to make a beautiful painting or you're just trying to get it all down or figure out the colors or figure out, you know – where things are going to be placed on the canvas, you don't, You can't be worrying about anything else. You know, it's almost like a meditation. Like it just takes everything else for the moment off the table that's upsetting you or giving you anxiety or anything like that because you're so focused on yep. the thing in front of you.
0: That makes total sense. Um, so then now you sell your art. You have a website um, for your art and you sell it. So tell me about um, – you know, the decision or like the aha moment of like, oh, people would like this or someone approaching you maybe being like, oh, you should sell this. I think that's always so interesting too. And, um, you know, kind of the journey of your art business then. Right. Um, so again, going back to my
1: art teacher that I just really clicked with, she, um, curates a small gallery in Norwalk and, um, which is a town nearby. And she had said, you know, you should have a show this was back in 2019. And I was like, what? That's gonna have a show. Like an art show? Like that's crazy. She was like, no, you have enough pieces. You've been doing this for quite some time. And I really think you you know, you could do it. And you know, she's a professional artist. She's in galleries all over the country. She has all yeah. these, you know, higher degrees in, in, you know, fine arts and so forth. So I was like, if she believes in me and she sees something and she wants to curate this show in this little gallery that she's running, you know. Maybe that's the vote of confidence that I needed. Mm -hmm. And so I I had a small art show and that was just thrilling. And it was so much fun, invited friends and family. And it was so, it was just such a great experience. And I sold a few pieces.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so cool. And how amazing um, for her to recognize your talent and give you that boost of confidence. I know. Uh, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so tell um, listeners then a little bit about your art, like what what type it is, like what colors you use, or maybe art that you're working on right now. Tell them a little bit about your art business for them to check out. Sure,
1: I tend to um, use a lot of soft neutrals and soft blues and whites. Um, I've been told that my paintings have a very calming effect on people; they give them a real sense of calm, which I always love hearing. Um, and I always try, I'm trying to branch out and use brighter pops of color, but I really have, I don't have a hard time doing that. So my comfort zone is a lot of whites, beiges, neutrals, and blue and whites.
0: Got it. It's really cool. It's beautiful art, I have to say. Thank you so much. Uh, When I checked out your, your website and when you told me about, you know, that you're doing art now too, I, I loved it. So I'm curious, um for both your art business and, you know, your blog, what's been helpful in growing your audience or, um, marketing?
1: Um, well, I've been using Instagram for that, although I I have to get better with that because I set up a separate Instagram account for my art, which is just my name. And I'm still a little uncomfortable tooting my own horn. Um, so I'm just trying to fake it till I make it in that aspect. I'm trying to get better about promoting my own art that way. And I'm trying to get better about mentioning it on my blog and so on and so forth.
0: That that makes sense. I feel like a lot of us creatives, we feel a little awkward um, promoting ourselves. Right. Like everyone always says, it's so easy for me to promote my friend, but I have a hard time promoting my own stuff exactly. for some reason. Right. Yeah. Um. So what would you say is your greatest challenge when it comes to both of your businesses and maybe it is like that marketing and promotional aspect or what what would you say you know you struggle with the most
1: Um for sure it's the marketing as- aspect of it but I also have a time management issue <laughs> where um I've been working on the blog like I said since 2009 so that's really such a comfort zone for me I really feel like I'm in my groove. I've done it for over a decade. I know what I'm doing. So I have to push myself to work on the art sometimes because it's a newer thing for me where I'm not as self-assured. So I have to get better at that.
0: Yeah. Get into a groove with it. I know it sounds like the blog is comfortable and you have a groove and you have systems and everything, but that makes sense. Uh, On the opposite to that, then, what's like a pinch me moment or something that you're really proud you've been able to do with your businesses? Um,
1: Well, recently, in the past, I guess, past six months, maybe, maybe a little longer, Mm -hmm. um, my work has gotten picked up and I signed uh, a contract with a beautiful gallery in Mm -hmm. Westport um, nearby, in Westport, Connecticut. Um, so that for me is such a pinch me moment to have my paintings for sale in this gorgeous gallery. Sorel is the name of the gallery. Um, and I go in there and I just look at the other artists and I'm just like, their work is beautiful and my work is hanging here alongside their work. And I just get such a kick out of that. So that's a huge that pinch me moment so for cool. me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Um, what, uh, also talking about that then, I'm curious, like, what a goal do you have for either the blog or, uh, your art business? Like what's something you're working on or hope to do then? I
1: have a lot of, um,
0: <laughs> like far
1: flung <laughs> dreams for my art business. I just sort of want to grow it. I would love for, um, one of my paintings, like, you know, just shoot for the moon to get picked up to be, you know, licensed by a company mm-hmm. that does home decor and have it show up in the fine art section at Neiman Marcus or something like that.
0: Oh, I love that goal. That's a great goal. <laughs> um, you have to put it out there. In exactly. The <laughs> in the
1: now it's out there.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So how would you describe Preppy? How would I describe Preppy?
1: Um, I feel like I live in Preppy Central
0: here (laughs) in New
1: England, in Connecticut. And probably that's had a huge influence on my own personal style as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think of Preppy, you know, I think of the true way it started from prep schools. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where the term came from, from the prep school uniform. And it prepares you for life by sort of leaning on tradition and leaning on the classics. And so I think the word preppy just drums that all up for me. I think of New England. I think of tradition. I think of the classics. And you could say that about the way someone dresses is very traditional, leaning on the classics. You could say that about your interior design style might be kind of preppy because you lean, your foundation is traditional. You could say it about someone's mannerisms or their manners are traditional or classic. So I think it applies to a lot of different things, but it always comes back to that for me.
0: I love that answer. I love preparing you for life by leaning on traditions and the classics. That's great. Um, Now, for someone listening that might aspire to have their own blog or maybe also someone else that aspires to be an artist or or dive into that someday and explore, what advice would you give either of those people? Maybe it's two sets of advice.
1: I actually do give this advice to people who want to start their blog because I've had this conversation with many people and I'm always like, just start it. Mm -hmm. Mine was complete garbage, but nobody (laughs) saw it because nobody knew I was doing it. So you don't have to be scared or embarrassed and you don't you don't sort of splash out and tell people until you have it in a place where you want it to be and a website is not something carved in stone it can grow over time it can change over time but unless you start it unless you get started it's never going to do anything so just do it you know like it's so cliche but just do it and the same would go for just you know take an art class take it up Mm -hmm. take you know just start
0: I like that advice. And I think what you said there's so great that a website's not set in stone. I mean, even when I started my PR business, I remember that website is drastically different than what it looks like today. Right, Um, So you can always, you know, as you get more, more clients or more money, or you can evolve and grow that to kind of be where you want it to be and grow with you as your business grows. You
1: can tinker with it. You can change it. You can bring in professional help. You know, it, it doesn't have to be this thing that like, you know, you're stuck with forever around your neck.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's great (laughs) advice. Uh, So I have a few get to know you questions. Um, The first being, what's your favorite vacation destination?
1: Okay, so my youngest is a senior in high school, and I mention that because next year we're going to be empty nesters, which I'm like in denial about, and I kind of can't believe. But the only thing that's giving me like a glimmer of hope about this phase of our lives is that we're going to travel more. Um, So right now, if I had to choose a a favorite travel destination, I would say it's Florida, and like South Florida, the Palm Beach area because we do tend to go down there a lot in the winter, or it's the westerly area of Rhode Island, because we do travel there a lot in the summer, and I absolutely love that area. It's so beautiful. Um, But I'm hoping to travel more internationally starting next year when our youngest is in college. And a place I've never been to is Greece, and that's just high on my list. So I don't have a favorite yet. I'm hoping to have a favorite
0: (laughs) Yeah, with all um, now you can travel so much more. So I'm sure you'll discover a new favorite vacation right. destination. <laughs> what about your go-to drink order? Um, probably an aperol spritz. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> um, what about the last thing you read or watched?
1: Oh, the last thing I watched. I watch a lot of TV. Um, <laughs> the one that's standing out for me is The Bear because I just was blown away by how much. It was so good. I just loved it. I tell everyone I know, watch The Bear, especially season two.
0: Um, I've heard it's great, but I haven't watched it yet. I need to. You do need to. It's so good. And
1: I'm sort of spacing out. I I read a lot, too, and I'm trying to think. The last thing I read. Um, hmm.
0: Or maybe – Maybe not your the last thing you read. what about um- so, uh, something you read that you really enjoyed that you'd recommend to other people? Oh, I have like an ongoing list on my phone. Let me see.
1: well I love like World War II books. I think it was the Nightingale,
0: okay, oh, yeah, I've heard of yeah, that one
1: that I loved recently, so that's one for sure.
0: excellent. uh, what about what's next for you? like is there anything you're working on or sneak peek of something you can share? Um, you know, I'm just trying to come
1: up with more artwork, mm-hmm. keep the blog fresh um with new ideas for the home, but nothing nothing specific that I can think of. Yeah. That makes
0: sense. Um, what about where do you find inspiration when it comes to your art?
1: I feel like I find it everywhere. Um, you know, if you're looking for it, if you're if you have the mindset that you you want to just find inspiration, you're going to start to see it everywhere. You might see it in like, you know, the way the sun casts shadows on the pavement with, you know, through the limbs of a tree. You might see it um, on the side of a building, Uh, the way the brickwork is in an interesting pattern. You know, you really start to see it everywhere around you if you're tuned in that way.
0: Yep. That makes sense. So my final question is, where can people find you? Let them know uh, your blog site, your art website, and your social media handle. Sure.
1: My blog is Zhuzh, as in to <laughs> zhuzh up a space or zhuzh up yourself. And it's there's a lot of different spellings, but mine is Z-H-U-S-H, and I'm at Zhuzh on Instagram. And then my art is my name. It's Sue DeChiara, and that's my Instagram for my art as well, and my website.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sue. This was a pleasure learning more about you and your blog and your art business. Thanks so
1: much for having me. This
0: was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.